Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on The Fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. All right, welcome in. It is the Wendy's Big Show. It's not. It's Sparky's Midday Madness. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, Dan Plucker, other side of the glass. I had said earlier that there to end the Wendy's Big Show, mainly because we were out of time, that I wasn't going to read some of these this Yana stuff. I'm going to read the Yana stuff right now here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Plucker, you think this is a good idea? You think I should read some of this? You think it's a good idea? Yeah, I do. I didn't check with Plucker, uh, but I, I, I just the, the the stuff I'm reading is just mind blowing, mind blowing. And I'll be honest with you that on our show, I mean Gary, Leroy, myself, all kind of supported Kid for the whole thing. I mean, while and again, this is. Through and through, like we were like, oh, get out of here. Everybody's too hard on Jason Key. What do you expect him to do? Whatever, whatever. Uh, and then even when it came out that oh, he was yelling too much and this and that, still, I was kind of like, man, whatever, man, stop, man. People get yelled at all the time. What's the problem? Well, now as you, it, some of these clips that are coming out and the dude that's putting these all out is some random dude. I don't know who this dude is. Never heard of this dude. Uh, fake TJ Hawk on Twitter, I guess. Um, so this thing here is, is really amazing. So here's uh, one of the experts, uh, excerpts from, uh, Giannis's new book that is out. It's actually sitting at my desk. Just got it today myself. Uh, Bucks were struggling, dropping a game to Charlotte on December 23rd, right before Christmas. Players returned to the locker room, dejected, silent. Everyone was ready for the next two days off with their families. Zaza, kid said, turning to Pachulia, but addressing their group. Do you think this was a winnable game? Yes, it was a winnable game, Pachulia said. And do you think we deserve the next two days off? Pachulia couldn't believe Kid had put him in that situation, threatening to ruin Christmas. Pachulia tried to strike a diplomatic tone. You know what, Coach? I understand the frustration. We're all frustrated because this was a game we were supposed to win. We didn't give enough effort. But at the same time, this is a holiday. Christmas is important to our families. It's not about us. It's about our families. Guys have made plans. Kid then turned to uh, to, to Jared Dudley. What do you think? Should we take these next two days off? 
Dudley, too, gave a diplomatic answer. Kid wasn't satisfied. See you guys tomorrow at 9 a.m. Uh, the players responded with, whoa, 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 what do you mean? And he said, we're going to have practice tomorrow. Uh, players responded with, we're, we've booked flights to different places. Kid's response, I don't care. You guys get paid to do a job, so you're doing your job tomorrow. Things change, end quote. Practice the next morning was ugly. Kid went at Larry Sanders, uh, calling him names, uh, calling him a terrible player. The team ran and ran and ran like a college team would. It doesn't say terrible names. I just can't say those things on the air. Uh, a terrible player. The team ran and ran and ran and ran like a college team would. I don't think I've done that since I left J-Kid, uh, uh, Brandon Knight says. It was not normal. Players had to finish a fast break drill in 22 seconds, but 27 uh, was the team's best. Now, again, it's from Giannis, the improbable rise of an NBA MVP uh, that is out right now. Uh, they did it over and over until they made it. Some went, uh, some were bent over, panting, cramping. Practice lasted three hours, and then kid made players lift weights and do pool exercises. Half the team didn't know how to swim, but kid made them made everyone run in the pool. Quote, everybody was so tired that nobody was thinking about Christmas, end quote, uh, Zaza Pachulia says. Quote, we didn't have energy left to even open gifts, end quote. Kid continued to berate Sanders, though, uh, calling him pathetic. Sanders couldn't handle it. Where he was in his life, his career, this practice, all, mis- all his mistakes, all his frustrations, he felt his entire body turn to jelly as he cramped from head to toe. I had a full body convulsion, Sanders says. My body broke down physically. I couldn't take it. Uh, and mentally, I really couldn't take it, said Larry Sanders. Sanders asked to be exclude, excused to the bathroom. Uh, Jason Kidd responded with, oh, don't worry. And then as Sanders walked away, he said, we'll wait, and then we're going to run some more. Sanders left the facility and took himself to the hospital, spending the night there. Few knew what happened in the aftermath, and he didn't have the energy then to talk about it. I don't think he's a bad person, Sanders says about Kidd, but mentally, he kind of like, uh, I can't say that either, kind of screwed him up in the brain a little. It was a lot of, I love you, kiss you on the cheek. Now it's all about money. Who cares about your mental health, your body breaking down? I'm happy I'm in a much better place now, he says. I'm sorry it had to go, it had to go out the way it did. Uh, that from Larry Sanders when talking about Jason Kidd. Can I just say something? If some dude went at me like apparently Jason Kidd went at Larry Sanders to the point where I had to check myself into a hospital, for Larry Sanders to come back and say that he doesn't think he's a bad person, Plucker, if you went through what Larry Sanders went through, do you think your response after all of that would be, I don't think he's a bad dude? I think to a degree you have to stay um, PC. Dude, you're outing him in the book. I, it, it, the PC stuff is over. <sighs> he's going to get drilled on this by the Mavericks organization, by the national media. They're all going to drill Jason Kidd. You're outing him. You're telling everybody what right. he did to you. No, The no time doubt. for PC stuff is over. If you're going to finish him, finish him. Right? I mean, it's like Karate Kid. Finish him or don't. Yeah, but- I, and, and he said what he needed to say. And, and to be fair, like, you create a bond with your coaches, even if even if you don't have a good experience with some of them, especially when you get to the NBA level. I mean, What I would like to note from Larry Sanders is, and maybe it's it's further in the book, is... You know, once it came out where Larry Sanders was struggling with things and so forth and whatever, and he quits basketball and he walks away and all that stuff, I just wonder if at any point, kid came forward later and made a call and said, hey, man, I'm sorry about how I acted, everything else. I didn't know that stuff was going on with you. I apologize. I feel horrible. Like, did a conversation ever occur? Or did kid never even reach back out again? Like, 
knew everything that went out with Larry Sanders, knew that he had the mental health issues and everything else, and just said, yeah, screw it. Don't care. Not 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 reaching back out again. Not gonna do it. Uh, you know, too bad, so sad. That would be the one thing I'd want to know. Now, and I also would think that if he did reach out, that Sanders would have brought it up in the book. Like, yeah, this is the story. I don't think he's a bad dude. In fact, he reached out to me after the fact, um, and we kind of talked it out or whatever. But I, I don't again, I'm reading excerpts here off of social media, so I'm really not sure if that happened or not. I have the book in the office though, so I will definitely uh, be reading it. Uh, here's another one. Uh, this one is uh, one January game at Philadelphia. The Bucks messed up a defensive coverage. Kid thought Giannis had made the mistake. Giannis respectfully insisted that it wasn't his mistake. They went back and forth, but Giannis stood his ground, diplomatically saying, Coach, I promise it wasn't me. Then at halftime of that game, Kid pulled up the play on film. Show me, Kid said, confident he was right, but Kid was actually wrong. The film showed it wasn't Giannis's mistake. Kids still bench Giannis for the second half. I remember that game. I remember doing post-game of that game. The Bucs were blowing the 76ers out, so Kid didn't necessarily need to put Giannis back in. He was making a point. Yeah, you're going to get better, but I'm still the boss. That's interesting. Again, all of this stuff is very um, old school, the way they did it. My grandparents were coached and that type of stuff, or... Wait, my parents were coached in my 40s. I mean, that's probably something uh, along those lines. Uh, here's another excerpt from uh, the Giannis new book. Uh, a little things were made to be a big deal. Like two seasons later when Senator Thon Maker didn't have an iPhone. Messing up the blue bubble iPhone group chat. Therefore, one showed up late for practice because he had missed a text about a time change. Kid was upset about it and made the team run because Kid felt that Maker not getting an iPhone was an example of the team not being united. Jason Kid would hate me, huh, Pluck? Because I'm like one of the only dudes here that doesn't have an iPhone. You're the only person on the big show that doesn't have an iPhone. Well, that's so. for sure, yes. Jason Kid would hate me. Uh, Jason had a brilliant mind, says Nixon Dorvillian. Uh, Bucks assistant trainer, I think that's how he said, I'm not even sure, from 2014 to 2016, but he kind of made you uncomfortable around him. When players go through it and it's uncomfortable, they like to say he's playing mind games with me, but it's not that, says Greg Foster, Bucks assistant coach from 14 to 18, uh, now with the Pacers. He's trying to get you to do something you wouldn't normally do. That's coaching, end quote, uh, from Greg Foster, who, again, is kind of probably helping to defend Jason Kidd a little bit. Uh, Knight searches for the right words. I don't want to sound negative, he says. Knight explains some of the kids' methods, such as how kid would embarrass the culprit of an error by making everyone but that person run sprints for his mistake. He just had his way of getting his point across, uh, says Brandon Knight. His coaching style with the Nets and then with the Bucks were, were described as psychological warfare by one former player. When asked uh, about kid, players and coaches often say on the record or off. That's why I'm saying... If you are Jason Kidd, you better be ready to have a long chat with Mark Cuban. Be, be, be ready. Be ready now because he's going to – Mark Cuban is going to have to answer questions about why he hired you. Because remember, Carlisle was allowed to walk to the Pacers. Dottie Nelson Jr. parted ways with him too. So Dottie Nelson Jr. didn't hire this dude. You hired this dude. Then you hired the GM after you hired Jason Kidd. So it's on you, Mark Cuban, for bringing Jason Kidd into the Dallas Mavericks organization to begin with. I got a question, Dan Plucker. 
I'm going to throw it out there, and I, I'm interested. You don't even have to get necessarily give me names when you call in. You can call in under, like, you can always call in under fake names. I guess that really doesn't matter. I, I'm curious. Of those of you that are playing sports currently, high school, college, whatever, is any of this type of stuff still going on today within your sport that you're playing? I don't care the sport. Basketball, football, hockey, baseball, soccer, tennis. I don't care what the sport is. Is any of this still going on today? Because this is at the pro level and at the highest of level. And like when Gary was here, Gary's like, I didn't know that stuff even happened in the NBA. Gary's like, I thought that was only an NFL thing that happened. But clearly it was happening in the NBA. I'm curious to know, does this stuff do these guys like Kid still exist? Are there guys like him still coaching players today? Because I'll tell you right now, they are near non-existent, I believe, in pro sports. Pretty close to non-existence in pro sports. College, they still exist. We continue to see stories in college uh, about them. But I want to know if this type of stuff is still happening at the youth level. The idea of, and I've seen it before, of embarrassing that dude, right? So if you make a mistake, the team runs, you watch. And then the the thought process is, is that it's going to put pressure on you not to make a mistake again so your teammates don't get mad at you um, for making them run while you sit and watch them run or whatever. A lot of that stuff, I think, still does exist. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's all been taken out. Some of the stuff, I think, still does exist. Um, and isn't brought to light in the same way as is being brought to light here on Jason Kidd. The degrading part of stuff and so forth, my guess would be this stuff still exists as well. My guess would be it still exists in high school football. My guess would be it still exists in high school baseball, where they jump all over, scream and yell at you uh, for whatever the reason. I think all of this still exists. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't coach. I have no idea. So I, that's why I'm asking you. You tell me, does this type of coaching that Jason Kidd was doing with the Bucks years ago still exist here locally? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so I want to know, does this stuff still exist in today's sports world? That's what I want to know. And maybe people are too scared to call in and talk about whether or not it still exists uh, one way or the other. I think it does. I do. Uh, until proven otherwise, one day or the other. I, I think this definitely exists. And part of the reason I think it exists is because you've had players, or not players, coaches, uh, that were coached this way when they were players. And that's part of the reason why this still exists, whether it be in high school, uh, whether it be in college or whatever. And I, I, I brought this up to Gary. I think it was in a commercial break. I don't remember. Maybe Plucker can look it up. I don't remember who Jason Kidd's head coaches were in his time in the NBA. Uh, when he was with Phoenix, he was there. He was in Dallas. Wasn't Carlisle his coach in Dallas? I think Rick Carlisle was his coach in Dallas. Um, so along his route here, who were those guys that influenced him to be the coach that eventually he became? Because remember, kid is another one of those guys like Steve Nash who left the playing floor and then walked into an NBA arena as a head coach of coincidentally enough, the Nets who did it again with Steve Nash. That's pretty much what happened. This isn't a deal where it's Sam Cassell uh, or James Jones, or some of these guys that you know kind of paid their dues as an assistant coach for a long time and then got a head coaching job uh, as they learned more and more about coaching. They went off the floor and said, this is how it's going to be because this is how they were coached. Uh, and clearly, uh, the way coaching is today with the players and uh, the mentality that they have is much different than how the players and mentality they had uh, for, say, a Jason Kidd or a Kevin Garnett or those guys you can just tell. I mean, in general, the mentality levels are completely different uh, as far as how they treat situations, how they deal with verbal abuse and stuff like that. Times uh, are completely different. And, you know, I think a lot of people would say it's probably for the better now than it uh, than it was maybe in the past. Yes, Dan Plucker. Yeah, so his coaches included Dick Mata back in the early 90s, well, mid-90s with the Mavericks. He was a long time Nuggets head coach. Uh, Scott Skiles with the Suns. He was here. Uh, Byron Scott with the Nets for a couple of years. He came under Pat Riley, remember? And then uh, Lawrence Frank was the head coach in his later tenure with the Nets. He was at Marquette years ago. And then Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle. In the last couple of years in Dallas. If you in the li- last year in Dallas. I so if say. you listen to those head coaches, 
Not saying they all did what Jason Kidd did, but I bet you a couple of them did. Would be my guess. I would imagine Lawrence Frank. I'm not sure about Lawrence Frank, but the Byron Scott thing coming up under uh, Riley wouldn't surprise me if Pat Riley was a similar type coach uh, when he was a head coach uh, back in her his uh, early days, one way or the other. So maybe that type of thing uh, was coming there. Dick Mata was beyond done by that point. By the time he got to that point, he had to be older than dirt at that point. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that some of that came from Mata. Carlisle, hard nose. Uh, guy as well. Wouldn't surprise me if some of that was with Carlisle. And, and listen, you know, those are all bad, bad things about Jason Kidd. The couple of, there are good things that go along with Jason Kidd too. I remember when Jason Kidd first got here, he made them learn the history of the organization. He made them learn kind of the history of the NBA or whatever. He would give them, Plucker maybe not know this, he would make them take written tests after practice. You can take a written test and we're going to make sure you know the history of the organization or the history of the NBA or whatever the case may be. That's kind of what kid was. He wanted them to appreciate and understand who came before them, uh, the importance of what they're doing in comparison to what came, who came before them. Uh, other things about kid, obviously the relationships that Giannis was able to build because of Jason kid, that, that Kevin Garnett, that Kobe Bryant, those type of, of personalities that come along with it. I just really think that at the end of the day, when you talk about kid and you talk about the Dallas Mavericks and where they are right now, I think you're a little bit nervous because Sam Schmitz just walked in here. She's getting ready for Rami, Rami's show, but he made a great point. And that is, do you really want Luca to go through this? Like, do you want Luka Doncic to go through what the Milwaukee Bucks went through and what their players went through. To me, I think that's a, a very, very slippery slope uh, to walk because he's your superstar. If you irritate that superstar and you push him over the edge and, and possibly push him away, that's a problem. The other problem you have is, how are you going to get guys to come play for Jason Kidd in Dallas after reading this? Now, understand, this isn't breaking news to a lot of guys in the NBA because players talk, right? I guarantee you, Chris Middleton, Giannis, these guys have all had conversations with other guys about what it was like to play for Jason Kidd. I wouldn't be surprised if Luca reached out to a Giannis to say, hey, man, what was that whole experience like, man? What was that all about? Or reached out to a Middleton to ask him what it was like to play with him. Larry Sanders played in a couple other teams after the Bucs. You have to imagine Larry Sanders had things to say about Jason Kidd after Larry Sanders was not no longer in Milwaukee. So, again, I don't think it's breaking news probably to quite a few players in the NBA when this news comes out about Kidd uh, in the new Giannis book. I don't think that's the issue. But the issue is going to be who's going to want to come play for Jason Kidd. What free agent star is going to want to come run until they puke? What free agent star is going to want to miss Christmas with their family, possibly, if Jason Kidd doesn't like how you played the game before Christmas? I promise you one thing. The Bucs aren't the only team that maybe don't play well the game before Christmas. Right? Because guys are looking forward to seeing their families, seeing their kids, doing Christmas, getting away for a little bit thinking about what they got to do before they get on the plane or whatever the case may be. Got to catch this flight to that flight to whatever. It's not something new. 
Did that one game change the history of the season? Probably not. But in Jason Kidd's mind, he was trying to build a winner. In Jason Kidd's mind, he was trying to establish that championship mentality. That there are no nights off. You have to play hard every night. And having done post-game shows after all of those Jason Kidd games, or 99% of them, maybe I was out on vacation or sick or something, how many times did Jason Kidd talk about, eh, I simply didn't play hard. Eh, I need more energy. It was a, a nightly ritual. I would get so mad doing post-game shows talking about Jason Kidd, saying every night, eh, I just didn't have a lot of energy. Eh, I didn't play hard tonight. Drove me crazy. Not because he was making it up or anything like that. I didn't disagree with him, but I was struggling to understand how on a night-in, night-out basis with you as the head coach or whoever the head coach is, how you can get effort out of your players. Like, it drove me nuts. Drove me crazy. So when I read excerpts in this, this, this Giannis book about all the stuff Kid was doing to these guys, if they weren't giving effort or whatever, dude, maybe look in a mirror. You were killing these guys in practices. Killing them. This goes back to what Gary talks about with Forrest Gregg. You know, he's a Forrest Gregg, and they're doing goal lines on a Friday before a game on a Sunday or whatever. And then you see Leroy Butler or this current Packers team. They're hardly ever tackling, doing thud or whatever, but they're not knocking guys out. Nothing like that. What it is, how well it was back in the 80s. Why? Because along the way, Bill Walsh in San Francisco, thank you very much, figured out that Man, why am I killing my guys in practice all week? I want them fresh and ready to go when they come and play on Sunday or Monday. Makes sense. As long as you can win, nobody's going to complain that you're not practicing as hard or you're not doing as long of practices or whatever. If you're winning, everybody will adapt to do it your way if it works because every league's a copycat league. So in this situation here, now I understand a little bit more why it continued to be an effort and energy problem. The dude was killing them. It wasn't. I mean, again, yes, you could say part of it might be on, on them. It could be partially their fault. The players, sure. They're responsible at the end of the day for all of this. I get it. But they had no legs. Dude, if you're running them to puking and everything else, I hear of those type of stories in training camps, Right? That, that type of stuff, hear about it in high school basketball training camps or high school football where guys are puking or girls are puking or whatever, and these coaches start thinking they're proving a point and being tough guys. So that type of stuff is happening. Okay, that's training camp. To do it during a regular season in which the season is six months long and you're playing 82 games, you're not playing 16 or 17, that's what it's going to be now in the NFL. That's not what you're doing. You're playing 82 games. So you're playing three, four games a week. On a slow week, you only get two. Nowadays in the NBA, they don't practice nearly as much as they did when Jason Kidd was a coach, and that was just a few years ago. Hardly ever. Most teams don't practice on Sunday at all. Like, they just will not practice on Sunday if they don't play. That's your day off. Practices hardly ever happen in the NBA to the extent of how they used to be. 
Heck, with Riley and those guys, I'm sure they practice way more in the regular season than teams do now. It just doesn't happen. Because they're trying to save and preserve guys for the postseason. Save and preserve guys to get them through the whole season. Back in the day, guys would go out and do the clubs and party and do all that stuff. Come in on not all that much sleep, still go out and play a game that night. Now do you know what the trend is in the NBA? Now the trend in the NBA is to get as much sleep as possible to the point of even taking naps if that helps your uh, restoration of your muscles and of your body. That now is the trend. So now it's not as much going out at night. There are still some guys that do it, obviously. But a lot of these guys now are like, dude, I'm not doing that. I'm going to sleep. I got to make sure to take care of my body. So everything has changed in advance. And if Jason Kidd isn't going to change in advance, then this is going to be Jason Kidd's last job in Dallas. Because if this happens in Dallas, you're going to have problems. Not to mention the fact, I just thought of this. Parker, didn't they have all kinds of issues uh, in the front office in Dallas with the Mavericks as well that Cuban had a, was investigating all these different people in the front office? Yeah, there office. were a couple of things happening in the front office there. I can't right? tell you exactly what. But all kinds yes. of allegations and everything else from women and everything else. So he already has that going on in his front, in, in his front office he had to deal with. And now you're going to bring this dude in to coach your team. I, to me, you better make sure to read that book, Mark Cuban, and you better make sure to have that sit down with with Jason Kidd, because I would imagine tomorrow morning on these talking head shows, these Jason Hill, uh, Jason Kidd uh, stories and excerpts from this new Giannis book uh, will be a topic of conversation at some point tomorrow. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan brought to you by, the segment I should say, is brought to you by Jim Dandy's South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Enjoy the best fish fry on Fridays, plus $2.50 tacos on Tuesday. Drove past there last night. It was packed with cars at Jim Dandy's for their $2.50 tacos, sent tacos on Tuesdays. $17.95 prime rib dinners on Wednesdays. That's tonight. And then, of course, don't forget all you can eat ribs on Monday. Jim Dandy's Grill. Dot com New owner, fully remodeled on the inside, new menu, new food. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. Uh, okay, so I, looking at the uh, tweets coming in, uh, Plucker put this out on the 1250 AM, the fan Twitter account. Do you think the way Jason Kidd coached is still happening today, even at the youth level? Uh, FHL for Kidd says, I guess is yes, but hopefully not a lot. I uh, got another tweet here from Unreal who says, played for one of the top high school football teams in southeastern Wisconsin for a Hall of Fame coach. He believed in tough love, but he also showed he cared. He believed in punishing the team versus the player because it would promote team leadership to police themselves. But he never went as far as Kid did and crossed the line that Kid did. Uh, that is from Unreal, tweeting at 12.50 a.m. the fan. And that is, to me, uh, the biggest thing here as far as how this goes. Now, I'll 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 tell you that again. I I don't I I've seen and been around a number of youth teams, mostly at the baseball level. Uh, been around the high school football programs mainly on game days. Not as much seeing practices um, or so forth. Uh, basketball basketball games, yes. Basketball practices, no. You don't see that as much. Plucker, you are younger than me, obviously, and you've come up uh, in different parts of the country. You came up where? In uh, California, Plucker, San yeah, Diego? Yeah, California, the San Diego area. Okay, so back when you were coming up, how old are you? 20 what? 20... I'm 24 in two weeks. 24, right. So you're like six weeks or six years out of high school or whatever, so you're not that far removed. So in California, do you remember stories and so forth of this type of stuff happening kind of where you grew up, whether high school know friends or whatever talking about their football coaches or basketball coaches being this way or anything of that like where they were complaining about it yeah well i see to a degree there there's a degree of tough love that needs to be had in sports and especially when uh you have a younger player like Giannis who is so timid uh, i do think that some of the way that coach that coach kid uh, coach, just in general, with the tough love, did help Giannis in the long term. However, there's a line that was very clearly crossed in that situation as well, and where he he went too far. Well, and, and Larry Sanders is acting like he's going to the bathroom. And that's way too far. And checks himself into a hospital, right. that's a problem. No doubt. No, and, and that's what I'm saying. He crossed a line that put it way too far. And and kid deserves all of the criticism he's getting right now. He, he deserves if he gets fired in Dallas because of this, it makes sense. I, I'm on board with so it. So Cuban says, no comes out and says, you know what, after reading the book and seeing all of this, Coach Kid and I talked, I don't feel comfortable putting with my team. 
I'm sure he has changed. I'm sure he'll do fine somewhere else, but I'm moving on. You'd be okay with it. Yeah, I think it would make sense. And, right. and, and I think it is to that ilk, to that degree. Uh, and, and there are different coaches that have different coaching sure. philosophies. Phil Jackson was the kumbaya coach, and, and Jason Kidd is the polar opposite of that, as we have learned. And, and like I said, the different philosophies can help different players develop into the players that they do. And I think that's what helped create an edge for Giannis and helped create his chip on his shoulder to be the player that he has become. Now, what he did is disgraceful, disgusting, and is far beyond anything that I've ever witnessed in my life in terms of coaching that's happened to me. So I don't want to make this seem like that. But I now, also what have sports had, did you play in high school? I played football, basketball, and baseball. Okay, so you've played all three. Yes. All right, so stack them for me. As far as degree of tough love, which mm-hmm. of those three sports put him in order? Which one was the toughest love coach football. all the way down? Football, no doubt. Football. And, and, and football, the – Again, that that's it's just a stigma in football that you have to be a hard ass. Like that's just what it is for most football coaches. Why I don't know, especially old school football coaches. So I had a football coach who was on the tough love side of things, and his former players said that he had turned soft in his older age, that he was aging, and that he used to be so much more fiery. And he would tell us the exact same thing, where it was kind of similar to what Larry Sanders was saying, where it would be really tough love, and then it'd be all hugs and kisses at different moments, sure. where he'd pretend to be your best friend after just kicking your butt in practice mm-hmm. the day before. It's almost like you hope you catch them on a good day or else type of situation, where that is something that I experienced. And, and again, not to that level to anything to that sure. level but but tough love and i think tough love can be a good thing for people and a good thing for for players to get better but there is a line that it was crossed that was that line crossed when i was in high school sure probably a couple of times but nowhere near as cuz again lines cross and apologies can be made but again, and things can be so, fixed but and but when you send a guy to the hospital because of right. overworking and he him, didn't even know he went that is like way beyond anything that I've ever sure. experienced. Okay, so, but, so let me clarify that again. But let's and go. It's disgusting. All right, Sorry. but but Dan, let's go back to Gary said this before he left. In football, everybody knows this type of crap happens in football, mm-hmm. right? It's the, the the gladiator type sport or whatever you want to call it. So it's that mental toughness, being able to deal with the bumps and the bruises, and getting your the mental side of you right in order to play the game and all of that, and all of that lines up. Okay, fine. But in basketball, because you said football was your hardest, mm-hmm. what about your basketball coach? Well, it was the same coach for both. Oh my god! Yeah, so you are so there were things that kind of went cross. So if you played so, both, like, and my, you were in his doghouse on football, that transition to go to basketball. Yeah. So so oh, what, what was maybe awful. the worst thing was my sophomore year. Um, we didn't. We had an okay varsity team for basketball. I did not play football my my sophomore year because my freshman year of things that happened to me that were kind of allowed. Um, and then to, you to said happen. And then deuces. I said I'm not playing. Then this year I was supposed to be the quarterback of the JV team, and I was like, no, I'm not playing. But then I played basketball. Um, and again, same coach, and everybody was telling me I was going to be on varsity before. Uh, even before the uh, uh, my sophomore year, where I didn't play football, I was told I would probably be at least on the bench for varsity my, for my sophomore year for basketball. And then uh, two freshmen got placed over me 
my sophomore year on on the varsity bench. They're the both other... really good players. Don't get me wrong. Right, and they deserve to be there. Sure, but but then I was left on the JV team, and I averaged like twenty five points a game on JV, and didn't get a lick of playing time or bench minutes on on varsity. So he all. held it against you. Yeah. So then, what happens your junior year? Did you then go so back then out for the football year, team? I went back out and played football, but not because I wasn't allowed to play or whatever for basketball. It was because a lot of my friends were doing it, and they were all like, "Dude, we could really use you," and and all this stuff. And so then I went back out for football my junior year, and then I start wound up being a starter my junior year of varsity for basketball. That's crazy. Isn't that a crazy story? And, you know, <laughs> you 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 have a lot of that cross coaching in high school sports, mm-hmm. where you know you coach track and you coach another sport, you coach baseball, and maybe you coach something else. Like it, it's multiple. Not to mention the fact that you're also a teacher in a lot of these situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he so, was also a teacher as well. Did you have him for a class too? No, I didn't. Not at that. Well, time. at least you avoided that. So, but so it was it was a bit of a mess, and and it was favoritism and all of these different. But things. that's what it but is, though. No, no doubt. In high happens. school, a lot like of I that said. happens. Like, yes, like like messy things for happen. Sure. Favoritism happens, and no doubt. and yes, and and the the biggest issue for that that time was. Um, he was not great at policing some of the, the upperclassmen where they got, it was, it was not like hazing or anything like that. Like any nasty well, it was things bad but enough it was, for you to quit. It was right. And it was, it was to that degree where, where he just let the best players, upperclassmen type guys get away with things that other people definitely would not be able to see. And that's the thing with. about kid. And I want to read in this and that's why we're talking about all this. Cause uh, kids, uh, craziness as coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, excerpts in the new Giannis book that's out that I wonder if there were a separate set of rules for the vets on that team, like Pachulia, like Jared Dudley, those guys that have been around. And then I'm going to go bang on the younger guys to try to get them into the mindset. I want them in so I can get them to play hard night in and night out. And that's why he was so demanding of Larry Sanders one way or the other. Remember Larry had a great year, got paid and then was never the same after that one great year. And going into said great year, if you remember back to Gary Wolfel being on the air, he was on the verge of getting cut because I was at that summer league because he was in the summer league. That's going on right now. He was one of the worst players in the summer league. Not worst players on the Bucks In all of the summer league, he was one of the absolute worst basketball players in the entire summer league of all the teams. He was horrible. I remember going, oh, my God, I was even on this team. And then we come in, I'm like, I don't think he's going to make the team. I, was, I remember on the air going, I don't think he's going to make the team. He's awful. And – not only did he make the team, he puts up this huge blockbuster year. Then they go and give him, uh, what was it, a four-year contract or whatever it was. And I remember on the air, we had Ted Davis. I believe that was when we still had Ted Davis on the big show. And I remember turning to Ted and going, there's no way I would have paid him on one year. There's no chance. He was practically going to get cut prior to the start of the season, and now he has a good year of his entire career. He had one, and now you're going to give him all this money which is very similar to how they did business back in the day. John Selmans plays good for two or three months, and then you paid him a stupid amount of money in a long-term contract. That came back and bit you in the behind. Uh, but that's how Bucks did business back in the day. Hey, let me talk about doing business. Somebody that's been doing business at a high, high level, dating all the way back to 1991. Young Express, one of the nation's leading expedited freight companies since 1991. Well, they're looking for some help. Right? They're looking for you to team up with them and become a successful transporter of expedited freight. If you ever thought about becoming your own boss, now is the time. Live a stress-free lifestyle. Put the windows down. Turn up the radio and drive, baby, drive, and get paid for it, too. 
Now, why Young Express? Well, they have a 24-7 dispatch team. They are extremely dedicated, take it very personal to keep drivers moving. Now, at Young Express, you can drive locally, regionally, or nationwide. With minimal investment in your own vehicle, Young Express will provide all the training necessary for you to become a successful transporter of expedited freight. 99% no-touch freight. The freight is loaded and offloaded for you, offloaded for you, so all you have to worry about is driving, which for me as a small dude, uh, makes makes good sense and helps my back. Looking for full-time independent contractors is Young Express. Join the Young Express team today. You can find them at youngexpress.com. That's J-U-N-G Express.com. Young Express. Success drives them. Rami Makhlouf uh, in the studio now. I'm anxious uh, to know if he actually has seen uh, the excerpts uh, from the new Giannis book that is out. We'll talk to him about those excerpts coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, it's been a fun one here today. A lot of fun on the Weddy's Big Show. Ben Fennell of the NFL Network. He'll be doing weekly hits with us. On Wednesdays at 10.35, he joined us today. Jesse Temple of The Athletic talking about his great piece on Saeed Saeed Khalif, uh, who was in charge of the Badgers recruiting now at Michigan State. He joined us at 12.35. Stacey Dales of the NFL Network joined us at 106 from Bears-Dolphins camp. Uh, So that was fun talking to her and getting her thoughts on Justin Fields and Tua and uh, what she thought of Jordan Love as she was at Packers training camp last week. If you missed any of that, go to BigShowNetwork.com, BigShowNetwork.com, or simply hit Rewind on your Odyssey app. You can do that up to 24 hours uh, after something aired and go back and listen to it um, pretty much in real time if you'd like to. So all good ways going back and listening to anything that you may have missed. Tomorrow, John Heyman, our Odyssey MLB insider, also with the MLB Network, joins us for his weekly hit tomorrow morning at 1035 uh, looking forward to that. Also, Fantasy Football Fridays from 1 until 1.30 will be Ian Harditz again this year of Pro Football Focus. Uh, and he starts next Friday will be his first fantasy football hit with us. Uh, looking forward to talking to Ian Harditz again for a half hour each Friday on the Wendy's Big Show. Rami Makhlouf joins me now uh, for the Rami Show coming up at 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you are saying you did not. Uh, read these Giannis excerpts yet? Not, I don't think the ones you're referring to. No. All right, here we go. So this is from Giannis's uh, new biography. Hear it. Uh, I actually have the book on my desk. Just got it today. You uh, did? Yes, I got it today. I bought it last year. I thought. Wait, you bought it last year? Yeah, because we had uh, we had her on the author on last year, and they were just getting ready to go on pre-order uh, to get it to order it ahead of time before it came out, like months in advance. So once we did that, I went and poof. Pre-ordered it right away before I forgot, and I got it today. I thought I already got it in my house, but apparently not. Uh, Okay, so here are some of the excerpts. Uh, Now, again, for this biography from Giannis, they interviewed, or she interviewed, other players, apparently. Not just Giannis. Makes sense. Uh, Bucks were struggling, dropping a game to Charlotte on December 23rd, right before Christmas. Players returned to the locker room, dejected, silent. Everyone was ready for the next two days off with their families. Zaza, Jason Kidd said, turning to Pachulia, but addressing the group, do you think this was a winnable game? Yes, it was a wonderful game, Pachulia said. And do you think we deserve the next two days off? Pachulia couldn't believe Kidd had put him in that situation, threatening to ruin Christmas. Pachulia tried to strike a diplomatic tone. Quote, you know what, coach? I understand the frustration. We're all frustrated because this was a game we were supposed to win. We didn't give enough effort. But at the same time, this is a holiday. Christmas is important to our families. It's not about us. It's about our families. Guys have made plans. Kidd then turned to Jared Dudley. What do you think? Should we take these next two days off? Dudley, too, gave a diplomatic so answer. But Kid wasn't satisfied. See you guys tomorrow at 9 a.m. Whoa, 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 player said. What do you mean? 
Kid responded, we're going to have practice tomorrow. The kid, the, the players responded with, we booked flights to different places. Kid responded with, I don't care. You guys get paid to do a job, so you're doing your job tomorrow. Things change, end quote. Well, practice the next morning was ugly. Kid went at Larry Sanders, calling him something I can't say on the radio. Uh, plus, he also called him a terrible player. The team ran and ran and ran and Jesus. ran like a college team would. I don't think I've done that since I left Jay Kidd, Brandon Knight says. It was not normal. Players had to finish a fast break drill in 22 seconds, but 27 was the team's best. Uh, have no fear this continues. They did it over and over until they made it. Some were bent over, panting and cramping. Practice lasted three hours, and then Kid made players lift weights and do pool exercises. Half the team didn't even know how to swim, but Kid made everyone run in the pool. Everybody was so tired that nobody was even thinking about Christmas, Pachulia says. We didn't have energy to left to open gifts. Kid continued to berate Sanders, though, calling him pathetic. Sanders couldn't handle it. Where he was in his life, his career, this practice, all of his mistakes, all of his frustrations, he felt his entire body turn to jelly as he cramped from head to toe. I had a full body convulsion, Sanders says. My body broke down. Physically, I couldn't take it. Uh, and mentally, I really couldn't take it. Sanders asked to be excused to the bathroom. Oh, don't worry, kid said as Sanders walked away. We'll wait, then run some more. Sanders left the facility, took himself to the hospital, spending the night there. Few knew what happened in the aftermath, and he didn't have what? the energy then to talk about it. I don't think he's a bad person, Larry Sanders says about kid, but mentally, he kind of like, can't really say that either, kind of screwed him up in the brain. It was a lot of, I love you, kiss you on the cheek. Now it's all about money. Who cares about your mental health, your body breaking down, end quote. I'm happy I'm in a much better place. Now Sanders says, I'm sorry it had to go out the way it did. Uh, that is uh, Larry Sanders talking about Jason Kidd. One January game at Philadelphia, the Bucks messed up a defensive coverage. Kidd thought Giannis had made the mistake. Giannis respectfully insisted that it wasn't his mistake. Again, this coming from Giannis, the improbable rise of an NBA MVP. They went back and forth, but Giannis stood his ground, diplomatically saying, Coach, I promise it wasn't me. Then at halftime, at halftime of the game, Kid pulled up the play on the film at halftime. Show me, Kid said, confident he was right. But Kid was actually wrong. The film showed it wasn't Giannis's mistake. Kid still benched Giannis for the second half. The Bucs were blowing the 76ers out, Dude. so Kid didn't necessarily need to put Giannis back in. He, he was making was a point. Crazy. Yeah, you're getting better, but I'm still the boss. Uh, it continues. Jason had a brilliant mind, says Nixon Dorvillian, Bucks assistant trainer from 2014 to 16. But he kind of made you uncomfortable around him. Then Greg Foster has a quote in the book. Bucks assistant coach from 14 to 18, now with the Pacers. When players go through it and it's uncomfortable, they like to say, he's playing mind games with me. But it's not that. He's trying to get you to do something you wouldn't normally do. That's coaching, says Greg Foster. Brandon Knight searches for the right words. I don't want to sound negative, he says. Knight explains some of, the, of Kid's methods, such as how Kid would embarrass the culprit of an error by making everyone but that person run sprints for his mistake. He just had his way of getting his point across. His coaching style with the Nets and then with the Bucks was described as psychological warfare by one former player. When asked about Kid, uh, about Kid, players and coaches often say on the record or off. Those are all excerpts from the book uh, that is out, the biology uh, or biography, I should say, of Giannis. This is coming from some account I've never heard of, at fake TJ Hawk, which has completely blown up. Over 4,000 likes, 1,200 quote tweets, 1,000 retweets. I I'm telling you right now, I'm going to go read the whole book. That was a lot. Was that like a chapter? Did you just read a whole chapter No, just there? excerpts that this dude decided to put on Twitter. That's all. Um, 
I, I will just say this, and I've been saying this. Mark Cuban will read this book. He has to now. And then after he reads the book, he has a decision to make. He's not firing Jason Kidd. Is he? But he has to talk to Jason Kidd. You think Luka wants to do that? Do you really think Luka Doncic wants to do that? No chance. Nobody wants to do that. Right. No. So now it's going to be, listen, man, I hired you. I got no GM. I hired the GM after I hired you, so you're my hire. Either you change your ways or this isn't going to work and we'll move on. Like You have to figure this out. And Jason goes, dude, that's my go-to philosophy. Like, that's fine if you don't dig it, but I'm not changing. Then they got to move on. You can't put you can't put that dude, dude that's with Luka Doncic. That's some crazy stuff right there. But like, this came out just before the big show ended, and I'm reading it in a break. I'm like, Gary's like, what? How bad is it? I'm like, he's Forrest Greg of today. Like that's who he is. And then I read some of it to Gary, and Gary's like, I didn't know that stuff happened in the NBA. Like, I like, thought it was just an NFL thing. That's nuts. I like Larry Sanders just left the facility and took himself to the hospital. He's <laughs> like, nah, man, something ain't right here. I don't know if anybody else is seeing it, but something ain't right here. But I said it earlier, like, what I want to know is, and I'm guessing it didn't happen because Larry would have said it in the book, I think. But when all this stuff came out, Larry, about Larry Sanders saying he has mental health issues and everything else, you know, if you're saying, I'm dude, you're Jason Kidd, you call me like, dude, I, hey, man. I'm sorry, man. I, you know, I, I'm sure I was rough on you. It's my fault. You know, whatever, whatever. I didn't know. Like, does he do that or does he not pick up the phone? I'm guessing he never picked up the phone, didn't call, doesn't care. But but that would have been a stand-up thing for him to do after the fact, knowing what Larry Sanders was going through. But, like, I, that's just nuts. Uh, so I was asking on Madness, like, how many how many people are going through this with high school's coaches now and players now are going through this? And I, I think it's self, some of the stuff still happens. It doesn't happen as frequently, but I guarantee you there are some coaches that are still doing this around this country to yeah, their high school to, teams. That used to be how coaches thought they were supposed to coach. That's how that's how And it, a lot still do. I know. It's but an, part of it's it insanity. is but part of it is Rami is that's, that's psychotic how, behavior. Right. But that's part of how they were coached. So that's how they coach. Right. In kids It's like any other form of abuse. In kids you pass it on. Correct. In yeah. kids deal, I had Plucker look up who were his coaches. Byron Scott, Cam under Pat Riley. Dick Mata, who was 100 by the time he got Jason Kidd at that point. Uh, then uh, who else was the other one? Lawrence Frank was another one. Uh, and I'm missing Carlisle. Oh, Carlisle. And we know about Carlisle. So he's another hard-nosed dude that's old school. So I I, I am I, – I mean, we knew that he yelled and was abusive, quote-unquote, is what the stories were coming out of why John Horace left because he didn't like how he was treating his players. That's enough. I'm moving on. And I'll be honest, at that point, I was like, dude, come on, man. These guys would be ivy coddled and pat on the butt oh, yeah, every five seconds. That. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. I, like, not even you knew it was like that. I mean, that's crazy. That That's crazy stuff right there. Well, yeah, but I've been saying for a long time that, like, you don't, that's, that, that style of coaching is, just, it's unnecessary, man. Like, this, this whole thing of breaking a guy down to build him up is like, it's just. And football coaches still do that. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yep. It's crazy. Still happens. It's in crazy. Football. But it's, it's funny. You said, uh, I guess not really funny, but you talked about like knowing now what we know about Larry Sanders and his mental health yep. and everything that he's gone through and, 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 and how much progress he's made. That we talked yesterday about that Malice at the Palace documentary on oh, Netflix. How did that go? That I went and watched last night. And they talk about in there, like Jermaine O'Neal and Steven Jackson and Reggie Miller, they all talk about how like they they knew something was up with Ron Artest and they knew he had like a therapist that traveled with the team and was like always around, but they didn't know that he was like 
that he was diagnosed with like an actual mental illness. And back then they didn't even really, that wasn't even something that people even really talked about or, or acknowledged. You know what I mean? It was like, well, you don't have a broken bone. You don't have a sprained muscle. Like what, what, what exactly is it that's wrong with, you know what I mean? And there are some people sure. who still look at it that way and, and run our test, man. It's amazing. It's you can am- talk to Ron Chester for five minutes and know something ain't right. But not- I mean, it's not that difficult. Ron- Again, seen numerous interviews with Ron Artest. Have you seen him recently? What? No, not recently. He's- I'm saying back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you would see him interview with the Bulls or whatever, you'd be like, not messing <laughs> with that re- dude. I mean, that's remember? what I would I mean, I'm serious. You see him, you listen to him and go, mm, not messing with him. That was before the Malice in the Palace or whatever. Yeah, I mean, do you come re- on. Do you remember it was the season before Malice at the Palace? I forgot all about this. They were they 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 bring it Didn't up. Did he work at a Target or something one off season? Be- no, Best Buy. Best Buy. But, yeah. Um, do you remember when he just left the team to go work on his album? Yep. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> He had to get his. He had he had rap. He had to get stuff out before he. No, forgot. it wasn't even rap. I like, thought it was rap. No, he played guitar. He played. There was no lyrics on that. I don't think so. I think oh, it was, are you sure? I'm pretty sure, dude. I thought it was pretty a rap sure. album. He did. But, Didn't he do a rap album? Uh, I don't think. I don't think so. No, I could be wrong. Because they showed a picture of him sitting there with the guitar on the album. Speaking cover. speaking of music, uh-huh. did you see Chris Rose had Stephen Brault on his podcast? <laughs> Did you see? No. I tweeted back at Steve. I tweeted back at the Chris Rose podcast. I was like, "Hey, man!" I said, "Did you ask him about his album and maybe a goal is to get on, be on Broadway?" Yeah. They tweeted back at me. Isn't everybody's goal to be on Broadway? I was no. like, no, "You think I'm funny? I'm serious. Go back and listen to the man's album. He's pretty good. He's not though. Oh, he is good. <laughs> I mean, if that's I, I listened to a couple more of his I songs. Mean, all of it's bad. He could he definitely might be good. But he could all, definitely all of it's bad. I don't know how like his dancing and acting all that is. But singing wise, he could definitely do a Broadway. I show. couldn't tell you what's good and what's bad in the world. Because you don't like Broadway those musicals anyhow. because it's all bad. Right, you don't like them. Right. But it's if you like, do you know, you should get on. Which you should get, get Paul Emig on, because he is like Broadway expert uh, on twelve fifty. I think. help. And, and play that do? for Emig and no, see what Emig thinks. <laughs> I'm serious, because Emig Emig's a bigger Broadway guy than I am. I mean, he's seen a million Broadway shows, goes to New York, all that stuff. So if anybody mm. knows anything about Broadway and if he's any good or not, it'd I'd be rather Paul just Emig. make fun of it. I'd rather just. Play I know it and that's make what you do. It. That's all right. much more fun. Speaking that's of much, much more. All right. Fun. So what are you doing on your show? Coming today? up, who are you on making the show fun of today? Today, Sparky uh, Cream Puffs. We're gonna make. Fun it's of not cream helping uh, Brault's mental health either, by the way. Oh, stop! Come on. I'm just saying. We can't have a little fun. Mm. We can't have a little fun. We can have a little fun, can't we? Uh, we are gonna. We're gonna. How do you feel about a cream puff? Funny, I was just at the state fair. We went Monday. Were you? And uh, we did not get cream puffs. We did not go in the cream puff pavilion or anything of the sort. There's a whole pavilion dedicated to cream puffs. Dude, we were at the state fair for a decade doing shows. You don't know there's a damn building for cream puffs? Seriously? You had your old segment on this sh- on the big show where I would bring you food yeah. with you blindfolded for you to try. And yeah, you didn't bring, know. You didn't you know bring, there was a pavilion for cream puffs? You'd bring it to me. You think I was walking around the state fair, man? I went from my car to our <laughs> oh. station, from our station to the car. I wasn't walking around the state fair. What am I going to walk around the state I'm fair? I'm trying to think of where you were. Okay, who are, who so the one year. Walking around the, the state one fair. Year, we the Brett Fard year, <laughs> where it was all chaos that summer. We were next to the pavilion, next to a corn stand. Me and Gary, but you weren't out there that Wait, year. It's a whole pavilion. Dedicated it's a whole building. To cream puffs? No, no, no. There's other stuff in there. Oh. But I mean, that's what it's known for. The cream it's puffs. Spo- but there's there's chocolate. There's the chocolate cr- brownies in there. There's a lot of so good, delicious right, stuff. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocolate brownies as well. Now, I'm going back Friday night for boys to men, uh, but <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go to get the cream puffs. I am going to the product pavilion because. 
Um, we didn't go to that one. To the what pavilion? Is it Prada Pavilion? I don't know what it's called. No, that's not the right thing. I don't know. Wherever the baked potatoes are, they have baked potatoes. They got grilled cheese sandwiches. They got ice cream. And I know where it is in State Fair, but that may not be the right term you know, of the building. Uh, you know, I've, I've never gone State Fair to State Fair when I didn't have to. You should go. I've never, ever, not once. You should. You'd mm. like it. You mm. would. I mean, I do. You love food. Why yeah, wouldn't I, you love it? I don't, it's, all the, it's hot. It's the crowds. Yeah, well, when we went... Uh, it was pouring rain, a lot less people, and we were wearing the ponchos trying to get around. I did once or twice, like after we got off the air, like hang, walk around, hang out, and do the state fair thing. And it's just, it's just not my thing. Oh, it's I love just it. Not my thing. I'll do that over Summerfest any day of the week. If you like state fairs, you should get up to Minnesota for their state fair. It's like it's the Wisconsin State Fair on steroids. It's insane. It's crazy. It's a good one. And I took that bit where I got blindfolded and ate. I know. Stuff. I saw the videos. Yeah, I took that up there. Saw too. it. Yeah. Um, but if I never so, yeah. but anyways, cream go puffs. to another state fair, I'll be okay with that. Cream puffs. You know, I think I would be more into cream puffs if they were like chocolate flavored or if they had different flavors. I think I would probably be more into it. Like if every year overrated. they introduce a different flavor. You I, know know I don't know how it became an icon of the state M- fair. Milk house with a box, which isn't open. Um, but when Milk that, house ain't open? No, the box didn't have time to get it ready because of the championship or some hogwash. I don't know. Um, I mean, what's to get ready? You need milk. And people to you run need it. milk and I, people to serve milk. Like I said, I said yesterday, I don't know what goes into it. I'm not going to rip the bucks for it. I was just disappointed, as was the five year old and everybody flavor. in our party, Let's that there was no to milk. Together. The root beer milk is what I love. That I love the root beer milk. They have yeah. that every year. Oh. But my point to this is if they did that, they had like a new flavor every year. So you could get the regular cream puff or a different type of flavor in the middle. I think that would change it up a little bit. But, yeah, cream puffs are a big thing. I, I'm not a big cream puff guy, no. All right. We'll discuss. Hey, uh, yesterday— By the way, Todd, before I forget, uh-huh. we're going to do the first segment of your show again. Why not? Is it that late? Did it's you really? Did good. you really? Because I saw it, and I was like, no, he's not. What? And then I got in my car, and I turned it on. I'm like, what? I thought I was listening to the Bruce Post game show, and then you brought it up again. You really did a poll question on whether or not you shower every yes. day? Yes. There's a major discussion happening in society right now. Who is having this there discussion? Are people having this discussion. Who? Ashton Kutcher and Jake Gyllenhaal said they don't shower every day. And oh, actually, famous people. And and, well, and they said that they don't bathe their children. Listen, when you have that much money, nobody cares what you do. You you can stink, uh, whatever. You're still going to roll off, around. It's set, off quite, it's set off quite the hubbub. Because it's involving kids. But if they themselves didn't involve their kids and they said they don't shower. You shower every day, whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes twice. Thank you. Yeah, Thank I mean, you. I don't, I, I don't understand. Well, I mean, are there days where I've gone without showering because things got a little nuts? Sure. Yeah. Do you I miss one here? Do I do I not do it consistently on purpose? I absolutely not. I, I, said, I shower in the morning before I come in here every day. Like I, I don't understand. And then if I go home and I cut the grass after work, then I shower again after I cut the grass. I said this on the air yesterday. My producer up in Minnesota, Declan Goff, love him to death. Like a little brother, you outed a dude on the radio about this. I, he, I did. I mean, we did it on the air up there. Sam shaking his head. He did out, this, out him on the this air. This dude showed up. So like, he got hired. He got hired when I was already. He got he got hired as my producer. I was already there. Right, the first week we're working together, and I knew him. We had he was part time. Got promoted to full time. Good for him. I knew him. Did he survive the right? massive cuts? Yeah, he did actually. He's killing oh, how's that? Dude. Oh, that's cool. Killing. So it. you get hired so first, and then he kid. survives, and you don't. So happy for that. You kid. still talk to those guys? Yeah, all the I'd time. be hot. Absolutely. They were just nominated for a Marconi. Um. Who was nominated for Marconi? Mackie and Judd and Declan for their uh, their Vikings podcast, Purple Daily. Okay. Anyways, this first week, full time, he shows up on Thursday as my pre- and Declan like always well dressed, perfectly coiffed hair, like really 
cares about how he looks. He shows up on Thursday. He's wearing a ball cap and like a three-quarter zip hoodie. And I was like, dude, I was on the air. I started the show. I was like, why do you? Why are you dressed like a like a major league baseball clubby? Like, like, like making the- fun of him. Again, more mental health. I, I don't understand. <laughs> and he told me, he told me it was no shower Thursday. Like, and he said, and he said it like it was just a thing. Like I was supposed. To, he was like, oh, no shower Thursday, dude. I was like, what? That's a, what do you mean? It's no shower. I guess he just doesn't shower on Thursdays. I don't know, like once a week. I guess he just takes a day off from showering. I mean, we've worked with people that didn't shower before doing a morning show. Right, but they didn't have a name for it. They didn't no. They didn't have like, it wasn't like a theme of a day. We all did for them, but I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, either way. All right, so what's coming up on your show? Uh, in the four o'clock hour, we will uh, we'll discuss the MVP case for one Willie Adamas. Also, we'll hear from Brian Kenny uh, in big support of Willie Thomas and MVP on MLB Network. Really? We have the audio. Oh, we do have the audio. Yeah, we're trying to get him for the big show. We'll we'll see if we'll hear from Matt LaFleur. Sam Monson of uh, Pro Football Focus. He's going to be joining us at uh, 530. And yesterday, Sparky, you were asking me about TV shows I'm watching. One is uh, actually just released today on Disney Plus. It's called What If? It's an animated series called What If? And it's exploring alternate universes and timelines Mm. of the Marvel comic book universe and if things funny had gone differently yeah i, I watched a tv show last night too yeah you're about to disappoint me my, my tv shows on the, the discovery me, plus uh-huh. on the magnolia network uh-huh. and it's this couple and their kids and on they the bought what? they bought the magnolia network. what is the magnolia network you know the people they do fixer upper they have their no. own okay well chip and joanna Gaines. <laughs> Chip and join again. They have their own network on Discovery Plus. It's soon to be on over the air TV as well. And they, it's I'm uh, so it's confused, uh, but keep going. I don't a, even care. It's a couple with kids, and they flip houses or whatever else. But they bought an old like 1900 school. What does this have to do with what I'm talking and about? And they're convert TV shows. So they're converting <laughs> the school into their house. So last night we watched like two or three episodes of them converting different rooms in the school into different rooms of their house. Yeah, that that's what that's what that's what I was watching. What are you doing with your life? Not, anyways, whatever you have there is not better than what I watched last anyways, night. Anyways, go ahead. So this show it explores alternate timelines. Like mm. if this had gone differently, if the if the supervillain won instead of the superhero, you know what I mean? And like, this is great if you care about comics. I'm I'm getting there. Oh, that's good. Give me your best best and worst. What if in the Wisconsin sports world in the last ten years and the, and the ripple effect that it could have been. How how the world how that franchise how the world might be different if some if what if this oh, happened sure Sparky. okay so we're just coming up with random miraculous things okay so the year that the Bucks took Egianlion mm-hmm. they drafted six mm-hmm. what all if all three teams with what if hold on uh-huh. all three teams uh-huh. the three worst teams in the NBA. Uh-huh. I forgot who the two teams in front of them were. But the three worst teams in the NBA. It was the first time, I believe, in NBA history since they started the lottery that none of the three teams made the top three in the lottery. It was the only time in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Happened to be the year the Bucks actually, because the NBA and a lot of other people thought that all three of these teams maybe have tanked or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was the year Kevin Durant went to. Ooh. Al Horford Ooh. went three. Oh. oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, even if it would, let's say it's not a lottery. Let's just say it's worst the best record. They get Al Horford. If it's a lottery, and what if they get Kevin Durant? Life's different. That's a good one. Life's different. But how different? Like again, you would have had Durant, Michael effects. Red, and Andrew Bogut. Oh, oh! Now we're talking. Look at your eyes bulging out of your head. But 
do they win a championship? And yes. you think so? Yes. And if they and you probably never end up with Giannis. Nope. Because the record is different. Your draft spot. Well, who is knows if Durant would have left after his rookie contract? Right. We but have no still, idea, but... you probably don't end up yeah, with Giannis. Probably not. And maybe not this championship. But you, you could have had a championship earlier. Maybe. Maybe. See, I can't think of a what if for the Packers. Oh, because what? No. Sam told me that, and we'll get into it. Don't say what it was, Sam. Sam told me that was the most obvious one that there was. No, I... He'll, he'll, you'll hear Sammy's coming up in just a minute. There's just too many things that would have to change in order for them to get another Super Bowl. Mm. There's too many things that would have to change for them to win that Super Bowl with Leroy. Uh-huh. What if I told you? There was, <laughs> and keep in mind, this, <laughs> this is in the past 10 years, Tim. Like, what if I told you there was one incident that... The only one I can think of is Seattle. But but cha cha you're spoiling stuff. You're spoiling stuff. Yeah, but I don't think it's but I don't think it's one. I okay. I know the game. I remember the game. All right, but I'll listen. Okay, but I think it's good. Yeah, yeah. I think your best and worst what ifs. Like best case scenario, what if? Worst case scenario, what if? What if? Hmm. What if? What is yours for Chicago sports? I don't want to talk about that. I got one. This is what if Bartman station. What if Bartman? What if Bartman doesn't happen? Who cares? You're still hung up on Bartman, dude? We won a World Series. Leave no, this no, mug. I'm, I'm just curious. Well, this mug what, right here. What would happen if Bartman, that Bartman play doesn't happen? Do y'all oh, win the World Series that year? Let me take a sip of my coffee out of my Cubs championship mug. Let me see how sweet that tastes. Yeah. Well, it'll be filled with dust now because you're not going to see a championship probably the rest of your life. Mm. So mm. what What exactly do you think you win a that World Series? That doesn't even need sugar. That's just very, very sweet for some reason out of that mug. Just answer the mm. question. If that Bartman play doesn't happen, do y'all think you win the World Series? Probably. I remember exactly where I was when that play happened. You know what I know, though, for sure? Do you remember where you were when that play happened? Mm-hmm. I was at the yeah. boathouse uh, with my buddy watching that game at the boathouse in Kenosha. That's where I was. Where were you? I was watching it uh, at home with my mom and screaming, get back. While that ball was in the air, I was screaming oh. at the fans in the front row. Not just Bartman. I was screaming at the fans in the front row at my TV. My mom will attest to this. Get back. Like, every, everybody says, like, oh, you would have done the same thing. I No, I wouldn't have, and I know I wouldn't have, because I had the presence of mind that while that ball was in the air, slow motion, landing in the front row of the stands, I was yelling at Bartman and the rest of those idiots, <laughs> get back, get back, get back. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, the, that's the best. Yeah. Remember it vividly. But you know what? 2016 World Champs, baby. Yeah. That's good. At least you got one in your lifetime. A lot of people, a lot of people didn't even exactly. have one in their lifetime. You know how many people and came and went from this earth, right. wanted to see that, and didn't? And now as a Bucks fan, I got my lucky ass. I got one in my and lifetime for the Bucks, Bucks fans too. So I'm happy. I got to see that too. I mean, I wasn't you, a right. lifelong Bucks fan, but look at me. Look you at me. You might get to see a Brewers one if Christian Yelich ever remembers how to play baseball. <laughs> uh, he's Robbie Makloff. He's coming up next. Sam Schmidt's producing for him. It is so late. Enjoy oh the rest All of right. your day. Be safe in the storms, everybody. Toodles. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 